0: Who was in charge when you were growing up? In my situation, I had a toddler once who thought she was in charge. But in most situations, it's the parents. (laughs) It can be a battle though. I mean, how easy was it for your parents to get you to eat your broccoli? Just because something's good for you, doesn't mean that we want to do it. This plays out in our relationship with God as well. Let's take a deeper look. Remember our definition of love from a few few weeks ago. Love is saying or doing something in the best interest of another person, regardless of the personal cost. We've talked about loving people with words and loving other people with our actions and loving God with our words and loving God with our actions. But what about the cost? You see, loving somebody costs us something. It costs us energy. It costs us money. It costs us emotional energy. It costs us sometimes our reputation, but all this is worth it because the person we love is worth it. Building a loving relationship with someone is costly. There are short-term costs like some of those I I just mentioned, but some costs are longer term and take us a a bit higher than we thought. Every choice we make has a cost. If we go out for dinner and we choose to have steak, that means we don't have the fish. If we have a long-term partner, then that means we have chosen to build our lives with that person and not with that person over there. There's, if we choose to have a relationship with God, it means that we don't let other things get in the way of that relationship and our love for Him. What are some of these costs? Well, one of them is our comfort. If you have a child who is playing football, it doesn't really matter that much. We go out in the rain, bundled up in our jackets with an umbrella against the weather, watching our child kick the football around the field because we love them. When our partner loves romantic films, but we love action films, we do some give and take and we watch a bit of both because it's not what we want to watch, but we do it because we love them. When we care about an important issue, maybe climate change or losing our democratic rights, sometimes we put aside our comfort to go and protest and have signs and march down the streets and everything to to let people know because it matters to us. In many nations, even in the UK in recent years, parents have gone hungry so that their children can eat. That's not comfortable. But when someone or something is that important to us, our own comfort doesn't matter anymore. Being uncomfortable is worth it because the cause or the person is worth it. In what ways does a relationship with God make you feel uncomfortable? Maybe you're worried about what will it mean for your job? or your financial security, or what will your friends think? Is getting to know God, going deeper with God, worth it? Okay, how about security? We all want to be secure, don't we? Have you ever put yourself in danger for someone though? We all hear stories about like soldiers who risk their lives in the line of battle to protect their, their home country. And sometimes they'll even run into the line of fire to save another um, patriot, another person who's fighting, to, who, who's been injured or something, go and rescue them. People jump into a raging river to save someone who's fallen in. And we recognize great bravery in these situations. But people afterwards don't usually say, oh, I was so brave. They say, oh, it was just the natural thing to do. I, I did it. I didn't do anything special. It takes courage to do something like that, but it didn't mean that they weren't afraid. They were probably very afraid at the time. But having courage, being brave, isn't not being scared. It's doing it anyway, even if you are scared. In what ways does a relationship with God make you afraid? And how can you be courageous in those situations? Maybe you're worried about what others would think about you. or maybe he'll tell you to do something really embarrassing, or maybe he'll say to you what Jesus said to his followers, whoever wants to be my disciple will deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That doesn't sound like fun, does it? It's getting to know God. Is getting to know Him deeper, going deeper with Him. Is it worth it? And how about our rights? Standing up for our rights is a big thing at the moment. The the United Nations has this convention on human rights. We have our constitutional rights that are set in law. We want to have the right to choose our food, our clothes, the schools that our kids go to, what kind of medical care we can get, even choosing our government through elections. It's built into our western culture but Sometimes we hear about situations where people don't stand up for their rights. You hear about like Nelson Mandela, who gave up his own right for freedom and was imprisoned in order to obtain freedom for his people. In the Bible, um, the Apostle Paul was going along his way and someone told him that if he went to Rome, that he would be put in prison. But he knew God wanted him to go to Rome, so he went anyway. And yes, he got put in prison, lost his freedom, lost his rights as a Roman citizen not to be in prison. But by doing that, he was able to tell people, not only the prisoners, but also the prison guards, and even up to the Roman emperor at the time, about Jesus. It was worth it to him to do that. In what ways might a relationship with God mean giving up some of your rights? It may mean mean inviting someone into your home. Maybe you'll lose some privacy in in that. It might mean losing some of our own choices in order to allow other people to have their choices. Maybe choices they've never been able to have. It may even mean, like Jesus himself, giving up our, our birthright of a comfortable life to live in a jungle or maybe in a slum to bring the good news of Jesus to people who would never know Him otherwise. It's getting to know God, going deeper with God, worth it. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Remember that word worship we talked about, giving worth to, making God worth, making your life look like God matters to you? Our true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will worship giving worth to remember our definition of love saying and doing things and it has a cost it has a sacrifice and that verse talks about the sacrifice of offering our whole lives to God God would never ask you to give up something just for the sake of it Sometimes we see God like an evil taskmaster or a strict teacher or a parent who just wants to punish us. But that's not what it's like at all. We talked with, in growing with God about God's love for us and His care for us. He's the shepherd who looks after His sheep. He's the Father who cares for His children. He's the, the God who knows us inside and out, who created us and crafted us. He's the God who gave His own Son, Jesus, to be in relationship with us. So just like the parent trying to get their toddlers to eat their vegetables, what God wants for us is actually good for us. Even if it doesn't make us feel comfortable or secure or means letting go of some of our rights. There's a story I heard once about a little girl and she loved her daddy so much. And one day her daddy came home and gave her this necklace of pop beads. Remember those pop beads? You know, the little plastic beads that, that stick together to make a necklace or something. And her daddy loved her so much. And he gave her these pop beads and she treasured them. She wore them to bed and she tucked them inside her school uniform going to school. And she wore them in the bathtub, wore them all the time. Cause her daddy gave them to her and he loved her. One day, Daddy came to the little girl and said, my daughter, will you give me your pop beads? And she said, oh no, Daddy, you gave them to me and I love them so much. And Daddy looked at her again and said, my daughter, will you please give me my, give me the pop beads? And she said, oh, but Daddy, but you gave them to me and I treasure them because you gave them to me. And he, and he looked at her and said, will you please give me the pop beads, my daughter? And she looked in his eyes and she saw his love And because she loved him, she took off the pop beads, gave them one last hug and then put them in her daddy's hand. And so daddy took them and put them into his pocket. And then out of the other pocket, he brought out a string of pearls and he gave her a string of real pearls. Sometimes we have something that's good, like those pop beads, but sometimes there's something better and sometimes God wants to give us the best. Are we willing to change our pot beads for our pearls? Remember last time we read the passage from the Bible in John 14. Loving God empowers you to obey my commands. What will it cost you to really love God? Not just talking about loving Him, but to really love Him with your words and your actions. There's no point brushing it over. You have to really be honest with yourself about it. Are you afraid of what might happen? What comfort are you not willing to let go of? What security are you clinging to? What rights are you having trouble letting go of? But is loving him worth it? Could it be time to have an honest conversation with him? Maybe You don't know if you can ever give any of these things over to him, but maybe it's time to start having that discussion with him and talk to him about it. Why don't you give it a go?